Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And we are back. Welcome to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Uh, and we're doing the weekly roundup. Was there a lot of news this week? Uh, yes and no, if that makes sense. Uh, there was no news in a sense that, you know, in the beginning of the week, there was really nothing exciting. But then as the end of the week came, that's when the better stuff happened. So yes and no, for the most part. Yeah, I know we got a rant coming. Uh, yeah, I got one planned because you know how uh, old WWE likes to do dumb shit. So I got one. I got one in the tuck just ready to go. Yeah, but as always, man, we got to start with the wrestler of the pod, uh, who I believe you're giving it to him today. Yeah, uh, wrestler of the pod is me this week. Uh, I had to do some digging, went looking around, had to see who was who was worthy of being added to the list, and we got us a first-timer on here. Hey, uh, let's go. We need more first-timers. Yeah, so I had to get us a first-timer. Went with Drew Parker. He's the current GCW ultra-violent champ. Uh, he's a young kid, 23 years old, former Dragon Pro Wrestling Tag Champion, former Big Japan Pro Wrestling Deathmatch Champion. Whoa. And, you know, you got these titles under your resume at only 23 years old. You got to be doing something right. Absolutely. Good talent, good hard-hitting dude. Definitely should check him out if you haven't checked him out yet. Drew Yeah, he, he sounds like a, a a natural in the uh, hardcore division. A deathmatch yep, champion and an ultra-violent champion. <laughs> and, and he's one of those overseas types, too, coming from uh, Europe. So, yeah, and Japanese death matches are no joke anyway. Mm-hmm. So he's coming from a long line of uh, hard-hitting Europeans with people like Drew McIntyre, William Regal, mm-hmm. Sheamus, guys like that. So if you haven't checked him out yet, you definitely got to check him out because he's worth watching. All right, sounds good, man. Um, should we hit up? We got to hand up the Indies. Um, yeah. Before uh, we get into NXT, AEW, WWE, there's TNA news and there's like kind of OVW news. Yeah. Uh, I'll start. I'm going to start us off with the, uh, the, I mean, I guess it's not really OVW news, but it involves somebody from OVW. Yeah. Uh, so this past weekend, Al Snow, who I didn't know currently owns OVW. I didn't he's, either. Al Snow owns OVW? Al Snow owns OVW. He's the CEO of OVW now. Wow. And he owns so, Collar and Elbow. Yeah, so, I mean, he comes from, I guess he's, like, doing the same thing Dreamer does with his little promotion and Booker with his. Yeah. Um, But Al Snow recently was, I, I forget where he was, but he wound up saving a child from drowning and being pulled into a rip current at the beach. So I thought that was worth highlighting. Al Snow out here doing the due diligence, saving saving kids and whatnot. I thought that was just a pretty cool thing. So I had to throw him a shout out as well because that was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty amazing. Um, and, and they also, I guess when that news broke, people started looking up Al Snow and realized he owns OVW. 
their YouTube subscriber count went up like a few thousand, uh, a <laughs> few thousand people. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I guess it kind of put good publicity on Al Snow in a way because now people realized, oh, wait, OVW still around? They still do shows? Right. Wait, they do, they do their shows on YouTube? Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so now I'm going to... I'm going to have to do my due diligence as well and keep up on OVW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to look into it. Um, which we're, I feel like we're getting better at because we're keeping a closer eye on GCW. Before, it was just um, MLW, Light New Japan News, and um, mm-hmm. Impact. But now we're, we're kind of getting it from anywhere we can now. Yeah. Um, but great for Al Snow. Um, another great thing for minor wrestling companies. Um, I did hear Booker T just got a TV deal for uh, reality of wrestling. Oh, dope. Yeah, so I, I don't know um, what major channel he might be on, but I know he is about to be, or reality of wrestling is about to be broadcast in uh, a bunch of different TV or cable networks uh, around Ooh. the country. So that's pretty good. It'll probably be, uh, my guess is probably something along the lines of like Fight TV. Like yeah. not not exactly Fight TV, but a, a, a channel that's kind of like Fight TV. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would imagine. Probably starting mostly in the South since it's uh, based in Texas. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, happened, we, we've yeah. always said we wanted a wrestling channel. We always said we wanted one back on Spike. Yeah, that would be cool. Reality of wrestling back on Spike TV. That seems like it would be a. a it seems like a Texas-based promotion would be good for Spike. Um, what happened over in Impact? Uh, not much in Impact news. Uh, one thing I did want to highlight though, they had a uh, a street fight between Carl Anderson and Rich Swan. Now this match was actually pretty dope. They went back and forth. They had their you know. It was kind of like a hard-hitting match. It's not a match you normally see Swan in. It's not a match you normally see Carl in that much anymore, but they actually did great. They tore it down. They did They did the thing for Impact. There was one botch in there, and I don't really think it was a botch. I think it was more something they didn't plan on happening. Yeah. So they go to do this, like, back, um, like that back superplex off the top turnbuckle or whatever, mm-hmm. and Carl, like, misses it. By a little bit, I guess, and they both hit the table, but the table doesn't break. They literally oh. both of them literally just bounce. They just bounce off the table. Oh shit! So it kind of felt like when Charlotte and Sasha were in that hell in the cell, and no matter how many times Charlotte kept tossing Sasha into the table, it wasn't breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a funny spot. Yeah. So I was watching that, and I was like, "Damn, they they both just bounced off the table," but still, quality quality match. Both had some great spots in there, and it ended with uh, Carl Anderson getting the victory, of course, because Gallows was down there at ringside. Ah, of course, of course. But that's good, though. Maybe it can work uh, Carl into a good single spot, um, considering Rich Juan used to be Impact Champion. Yeah, and they they both did well. It, it was a solid match between the both of them. I mean, they both had their... There was really no... What's the word? Uh... It wasn't like a squash match for one person. They both had their back and forth moments. 
Okay, that's good. Both of them look pretty good going into it. Yeah, so solid match between the both of them. If you guys haven't checked that out, you should, because I, w- I would definitely like to rewatch that match again. Mm. All right, sweet. Um, well, I think uh, so the, uh, the biggest that's thing... That's all I got. That's really all I got for Impact. I think the biggest thing uh, going into the week is the pure Vince McMahon NXT coming. Oh, God. Yeah, it will be the death of NXT as we know it um, and a brand new Vince McMahon NXT. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to watch it, but we have- I'm going to... I'm going to watch it. No, well, no, we, we don't have to. We don't have to watch anything. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm going to watch it, but I'm, I'm going to watch it going into it, expecting complete shit. Very low expectations. Yeah. So if I go, I, I think if I go into this with low expectations, like bottom of the barrel expectations for this show and this new spin they're putting on it if i go in with really 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 low expectations they can only build up like they can only like like there's no way you can be any worse than what i'm expecting you to be Mm -hmm. so if you do something good then i can be like okay it goes from a zero to a one all right it goes from a one to a two i don't think there's any way you can go lower than where i'm expecting it to be (laughs) okay got you that that's just my take on. It. Do you think it's the wrong move to have them do the NXT rebrand right now rather than after the draft? Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, I would have waited until after the draft because if you wait until after the draft, like is NXT going to be in on it too, where they can call people down or send people up or whatever? I think that'd be a major. That that's a major plot point of it too, because honestly, thinking the way I would with Vince, um, even though you are still considering it to be developmental, um, having NXT involved in the draft would create an opportunity to bring some of those people that you don't really want on the main roster um, that still need a little more development time down to do what they need to do. Or um, just people like that you're not doing, crews, or people that you're not just doing anything with, or the people that are lost in the shuffle that you can't do anything with exactly. But then again, you still have to consider they signed a bunch of new talent. Um, they want a whole new look for NXT. So maybe the guys that they have up there on the main roster that are lost in the shuffle don't fit the mold of what they want the new NXT to be. All right, so if they're getting back to basics and this is going to be like they're saying and it's going to be strictly development, mm-hmm. then I'll give them I'll give them some leeway to see what they can do. Like I'll give them some benefit of a doubt here. I'll give them some wiggle room. Right. Because if it's literally going to be what it was in the beginning where it's all fresh faces, all new talent, all this, all right, we'll see what we can do with this. But then 
comes the question of what are you going to do with the talent that you have there that doesn't need to be honed, that doesn't need to be worked on. Your Samoa Joes, your Garganos, your Champas, your your Pete Dunns, your I'm trying to think. Um, I I guess that would probably be it. Your Kyle O'Reilly because you don't got to work on Kyle. Um, I guess that's it. I guess that those are their five, their five main ones that they don't need to work on. Yeah, well, you know what? I guess maybe that's how they'll work it in. Maybe they won't have NXT in the draft, but a major pool of all the guys they don't want in NXT anymore will be called up during the draft. Maybe that'd be a great benefit. Like, um, they're not necessarily in the draft, but everyone in NXT that they don't want is eligible to be drafted. So it'll be it'll be like that time when they had the just Raw and SmackDown were exchanging people and they could both call people from NXT. Right. Like when they called Finn up and American Alpha and Carmella and Exactly. It'll be it'll be that. It'll be like um and then I guess the people that are lost in the shuffle that they do think could use some more developmental they can just quietly not draft and they'll they'll show up in NXT. Um, but I do see that being a thing. That way you don't have to just say that you're not using any of the talent that you described or did not fit the mold. Now you can just draft them up to write them out of whatever they were doing before. Okay. Now, with that being said, like you just said, people can pop up silently so you don't have to announce that you're sending them back. Yeah. Who are a couple people that you would send back, aside from Apollo? Because you already said Apollo. Um, aside from Apollo, I think I would send um, American Alpha down. The new American Alpha? The new American Alpha. Okay. Um, because I still think there's a lot you can do with uh, Chad Gable, even if you're just using him in a manager role now. Um, there's still more Otis can do with his character, but he needs to do it in an environment where it'll feel like what he's doing matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you send down Otis. I think you send down... Send down Jackson Riker. Yeah. Um, because he's such a he's such a good dude. He's got such a good look, but you have no idea what you're doing with the guy. He's big, he's bad, and he's got space to learn if you put him in the right environment. I think he can become a real threat should if they ever gave him the attention that he probably needs to evolve. Um, so send down Riker, send down American Alpha. Um, I got another tag team I'd send down. What other tag team? Mansoor and uh, Mustafa. I agree. I agree. More for Mansoor's. Uh, Mansoor's more, really more for Mansoor's benefit than Mustafa's. Yeah, Mustafa yeah. probably doesn't need it, but what it'll do for Mustafa is is it'll give him a better spotlight. That and it'll give him chemistry. It'll give him time to grow their chemistry as a tag team. Yeah, 
Yeah, so they can come back in sync um, and not just doing this mismatch angle. And honestly, come up I'd, I'd send Dom. I was just about to say that. I would send Dominic down. I, yeah, I, w- I would just send yeah. Dom by himself. I would finally send Dominic back down to the to the to the NXT roster, and I would yeah I would do that too. I would I would have if they never wanted to run the Ray versus Dominic storyline, that'd be the easiest way. Just draft Dom quietly back to NXT so he can learn his his stuff. Um, and technically, it's not even back to NXT because right, he was never there. Yeah. He never went there to begin with. Which I feel like is better for him. Like, because he's lost in the tag division. I mean, he did hold the tag titles for, but I mean, we did not even long enough for us to really remember anything from it. Yeah. Um, so send him back down, let him, or send him down, let him grow his roots. Um, let him figure out how to do everything on his own, get better equipped to the style. Um, and develop his character, other than just mm-hmm. being Rey Mysterio's son. And I mean, I'm sure his first couple storylines will be solely based on that. But I figure after those three to six months of that, he'll be established enough as his own person. Um, so I think you could maybe even if you bring him down for just a year. Just have him run 12 months developing who he is and then call him back up for the Rumble to go at it with his with his dad for Mania before Ray retires. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he can be fully established on the main roster. So, but he'll have his own identity. He'll know who he is. He'll be better and more entertaining in the ring. Um, and he won't have to be there with his dad all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are some good American Alpha, uh, oh, uh, Jackson Riker, Dominic, Mustafa, and uh, Mansoor, and Dom, and Dom. Yeah, so we got some names right there that we'd send down. Yeah, and I'd move, let's move. Um, so I found out Rick Steiner's uh, kids in there, yeah. Because they've they've called they're calling him Rex Steiner now. Yeah, they're calling him Rex Steiner. And they changed um, the the kid Bordeaux's name to what what is it like? Um, it's something ridiculous. It's not it's not super ridiculous, but it's like it's like classic wrestling. Um, they changed his name too. I hope they don't make them a tag team. That would what's it? What's his name? Baby Lesnar? Um, no, but it's like a, I don't know, like Manlot or something. <laughs> oh God. Um, it sounds cooler than that, but it's it's somewhere around that. Um, his name is Walter Cronkite. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's not Walter though. That's too close to the other Walter. But it's it's something like that. But Rex Steiner's kids are down there. Um, Bordeaux, I'm sure, is going to be debuting soon. Um, with them two being down there, I think some. Not that they really want small guys. Do you oh. think they're Do you think they're sending the Olympian to NXT, or you think he's debuting main roster? 
Oh no, he he's going straight to NXT. I was just about to say because I don't I don't think we discussed that either. No, we didn't. Yeah, well, Gable Stevenson is officially WWE bound. He signed, yeah. and he's an official WWE guy too. Gable um, prayers hell, for him. Kid. Yep, prayers for him. Yeah. Welcome to hell, kid. And I mean, when you think about it, um, they like to. They like to praise uh, Olympic wrestlers and um, based off the whole Kurt Angle trope. But when you think about it, Kurt Angle's like the only collegiate wrestler that they've really given any kind of props to besides Brock Lesnar. Okay, yeah, there you go. Outside of Kurt and Brock, collegiate wrestlers are treated fairly terrible. (laughs) Yeah, because you got Kurt, Brock. Yeah, you look at Gable, you look at Jason Jordan, you look at Dolph Ziggler. Um, Who else? You look at Shelton Benjamin. He was collegiate. Charlie Um, Haas. You look at Charlie Haas, who's, you know, not the best anyway, but still. Dolph wasn't treated good. Uh, Who else? Tucker and Otis. Damn, Tucker and Otis were collegiate wrestlers? Yep. Wow, yeah, that that sucks. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, they don't have a yeah. great track record. They're like yeah. two and they're like two and fifteen for collegiate wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess now they're they're gonna have to start pushing them more, right? Because, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones because um, if you want if you want raw talent, uh, you would go the collegiate wrestler route. So you you're gonna have to start treating them. Uh, a lot better now. Yeah. Collegiate wrestlers, football players, there's going to be a lot more Baron Corbins. Um, there's going to be a lot more Gable Stevensons. Uh, Shelton Benjamin might win an IC title now. Um, I'm not going to lie. I understand why Gable Stevenson went the WWE route, though. I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Like, more it's not money. Like, it's not like AEW has any kind of training facility right now. Yeah, and then you figure more money, he's he got better chance at training, less of a chance of getting hurt as opposed to the UFC. Absolutely. Um, I w- I was betting UFC, but you thought uh, Gable Stevens is going to go to UFC? Yeah, because you know the UFC was making a push for him too, and uh, right now, I didn't know that. Now, right now, wrestlers are the wave for UFC. Got you. Yeah, so. Why, though? I mean, what? I would aim more, not that this is a UFC podcast, but I would aim more for, like, um, judo and Muay Thai guys than I would. Well, well, to get a little off topic, I guess it's just because of the wave of the type of champions that they have now. You figure Henry Cejudo, wrestler, uh, Daniel Cromier, established wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Kamaru Usman, wrestling style. Khabib, probably the best wrestling champion that they've had. Khabib. Oh my God. Ronda Rousey was more of a judo person, yeah, but she was judo. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, but most of their champions now, and the champions within the last year or so, have been have had like wrestling bases and wrestling backgrounds. Mm. You figure Henry Cejudo, great, but I, Henry Cejudo I wasn't an, was an, an Olympic gold medalist in his own right. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm more of a. I'm more of a. Now bring him to WWE. Can we get Sehudo? I'm more of a. I'll take Mighty Mouse. A, <laughs> a Mighty Mouse. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love Mighty Mouse. No, now you know uh, who Demetrius, Mighty Demetrius Johnson. No, but that's another uh, another wrestling okay. type. What Mighty Mouse <laughs> are you talking about? Uh, Henry Sehudo. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. As far as NXT goes, I I believe that's it. Hopefully they can do something good and prayers that you know this turns out right because with Vince and Bruce Pritchard at the helm, whew, it's scary, scary times. Yeah, absolutely. Scary um, times in the world of NXT. Um, it does paint a better picture for uh, McGregor though to come in. Don't even go there. He's going to do it eventually. He's going to. Becky's already taking his shtick right now. Yeah, right? Just stealing his... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We'll talk about it later. Um, but uh, we digress. Um, NXT, the new Vince McMahon run NXT is starting this week. And it's going to be even more Vince McMahon run because... As much as they said Triple H was going to have a handle on things in Triple H's current condition, uh, by the way, prayers out to Triple H for this uh, surgery that he's recovering from. Um, Triple mm-hmm. H, please don't leave us. Not only do we love you and care about you, we need but, you. Yeah, the wrestling world needs you right now because Vince McMahon, 100% running this company with Nick Khan and Bruce Prichard. Is going straight in the share. Are we talking about um, Mick Foley later? Uh, I didn't. Wait, what? What did Mick Foley do? Oh, 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 oh. Mick Foley's uh, whole, whole thing. Yeah, I, I'll let you take that one because I don't. I didn't. I didn't dig too too deep into it, but I'll let you take that one. All right. Well, after we get past the AEW news, I'll I'll start with the Mick Foley thing because I think you'll. Um, really be shocked by what he said okay um but yeah new nxt starts this week new logo um new whatever else they're planning to do that will probably make us cry um and you know just just gear up could be a rough week yeah man um well rough roughness aside let's ease into something a little bit better before we you know go into the into the painful crap. Uh, I guess we're getting a teaser of CM Punk's next feud. And I guess his feud is going to be with Taz or Team Taz or whatever's left of Team Taz. Um, yeah. So you saw the you saw the the promo, right? Yeah, yeah. So Punk opens the show or do, do kind of opens the show and does the whole you know, great athletes, new faces, and who should I do next? You know, very casual. And um, I've been hearing a lot of people say they don't want happy punk, but I say the balance in that is Brian Danielson. Um, that's my answer to that. There has mm-hmm. to be the, the opposite of happy punk is um, badass Brian Danielson. So just enjoy it while you have it until punk turns on all of us. Yeah, um, but Happy Punk was out there, and I guess in response to all the people that were saying they're tired of Happy Punk, they answered with uh, Taz because <laughs> Taz cuts Punk off, 
And he says, um, that's enough with like all the, you know, happy to be here crap, you know, this and that. Um, and then goes into, I think he jumped the gun actually. Cause he, he goes into like, you know, don't say um, any of the names from team Taz. <laughs> and punk goes, I didn't say any name from team Taz. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he, and I guess um, Taz was trying to make the save of, uh, yeah, but you've been saying it on social networks and everything, but it came out kind of jumbled. Yeah. So I think what was supposed to happen was while he was listing all these names, he was eventually supposed to say one of the names of team Taz, but Taz jumped the gun and a uh, punk kind of called him out on it. <laughs> and it just mm-hmm. jumbled for a second there. But Punk goes, but since you're insisting, um, bring me Hook, bring me Hobbs, bring me Starks. Um, And then I love this part in it, classic Punk. Um, He uses Taz's catchphrase. He says, I'll take on all of you. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. And then his song comes on, which is great. I got a good pop out of it because I remember having yeah. this whole thing. So that was really cool. Um, but he kind of saved the segment because I think Taz jumped the gun and kind of ruined everything. Taz might have uh, came out early. He might have came out early on that one. Yeah. So, um, but the, and a lot of people aren't happy about him going up against Team Taz. Um, what are your thoughts about it before I share anything? My thing is, is it the ideal pick for anybody? No. But, again, we have to remember, they have a roster filled with far too many people. Now, that that might be a good thing, that might be a bad thing, but they have a roster filled with far too many people. And you can't always just put the WWE guy up against a WWE guy. You kind of got to balance it somewhere. So... Right. That being said, Team Taz, you got three, all of Team Taz, aside from Taz himself, none of them got WWE experience. Yes. Punk has the experience. So whether you put him up against Starks, Hobbs, or Hook, has Hook even wrestled yet? No. And I have a theory about that, but I'll, yeah, finish your thought. All right. So whether it's Stark or Hobbs, most likely Starks, it gives some, it gives us a person we've never seen Punk fight. Since he's been here, he's interacted with people he's never interacted with before. Yeah. Never interacted with Sting, never interacted with Darby, never interacted with Starks. So is it the ideal matchup that, you know, most fans fantasy book? No. But is it a matchup that kind of intrigues me a little bit? Honestly, yeah, because I, I want to see how they match up. I want to see how their styles are. I want to see how they feed off of each other, mm-hmm. especially since he's going up against a fellow indie guy. Yeah. Um, so my thing, uh, my thing is like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about it like this. Um, Punk has said since he got here, he's here to help the talent, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think um, they really have a solid uh, writing arc for him right now. I think what happens is they're basing it off of who do you want to work with? 
So how do we know the punk for one didn't ask for these people? You know, mm-hmm. how come for all we know, punk could have came in with a list of these are the people I want to work with. Um, let's just talk about how we can make each one of these happen over time. Yeah. Um, I also think that for the people that are saying, oh, like Teen Taz is extremely um below punk's you know level of quality or whatever have you um that's kind of the point yeah at least if i'm booking it the point is none of these guys are considered on punk's level and they're Mm -hmm. kind of an afterthought when you think about the main people on the roster but you have to consider the fact that for one, he's there to help talent. And for two, these are some great guys that we're all agreeing are kind of like under the radar. So what better way to get them uh, more established and more, uh, more cared about, more relevant than to pair them all with punk. Yeah. So I want to see, I want to, I don't want to see Hobbs versus Punk, but but uh, for all intents and purposes, I want to see Punk versus Hobbs for the benefit that it will do for Hobbs. I want to see Starks up against Punk. I want to see the mic work. I want to see what they can do in the ring and how good Punk can make this kid look. I want this to end though with Hook. Mm-hmm. I kind of want him to beat all of them um, with the help of Brian Cage or not, because I think it'll knock off the whole rumors that Brian Cage is dangerously underutilized and this and that bullcrap that's flying around. Um, I think it'll end that if you have Brian Cage kind of being the equalizer to fighting off Team Taz. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to end with Hook. I wanted to end with him beating both of them, both of the guys in Team Taz, and being like, hey, give me Hook. I called him out too. I want I want Hook. Cause I think that'll do an extreme benefit to Hook for Taz's son's first match to be with CM Punk. Especially since Taz and Punk, like, you know, K and I know Kayfabe, but yeah. uh outside the business, Taz and Punk are actually, you know, uh they've actually they're on good terms. So Yeah. I mean that benefits everybody there. It benefits Punk because, like you said, he wants to help the younger talent. It mm-hmm. benefits Hook because he's going in there with one of the best in the world. Benefit. It doesn't really benefit Taz, but Taz can sit back and say, damn, my son's first match is exactly. with CM Punk. Exactly. How many people can say that? Exactly. Like, imagine what it'll do for Team Taz's elevation and then what it'll do in the end game for Hook to have his first match in there with a veteran who he knows is going to take care of him who he knows he's going to get a lot of hype off of after the match, especially if he does good. You know what I mean? At at base level, as long as you give a solid match, you get a big following after that. Mm-hmm. That'll do wonders for him. That's like that's like starting with Seth Rollins for uh, Dominic. Yeah. But by himself, you know what I mean? Because yep. it's not like Taz is going to be there in the ring with him to do anything. It'll be just him and Hook, and it'll be able to put Hook on like a really uh, good level. 
Yeah. Lot, which a lot of these kids don't get. Like Pillman, Pillman has got to go it alone. Pillman, but Pillman, because he was on the Indies for so long, um, he can he has to start from the bottom still because he's just another indie wrestler right now. Yeah. As far as um the guns, they they're with their pop, they're doing six-man tags and all that. They can't come up like anyone else can because they're with their pop which kind of still puts you with the bottom. But Hook, playing the background until they find somebody, um, unless they had some other kind of big name, he'd just be with the bottom, which, yeah. which is basically where Team Taz is at now, which I think mm-hmm. is why they haven't pulled the trigger on him. But if mm-hmm. they end this with Hook versus Punk, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. Even if he beats the kid, which he probably should. If they can have a solid 15-minute match, that'll make Team Taz. Yeah. Um, moving on though. Yeah. After um, the punk segment. <laughs> after the punk segment, um, well, during the punk segment, he shouted out Brian Pillman's aunt who raised him. Mm-hmm. Um somewhere after that, during the MJF thing, uh, because MJF is following the Chris Jericho thing, he starts to um belittle Pillman's family. Um, to which Pillman responds to. Pillman comes out and they have this whole big thing. Uh MJF said some things that are not worth repeating. Um and then they ended up having a losing <laughs> fight. Not worth it repeating. wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't an amazing segment because ultimately um, MJF just ended up beating the hell out of Brian Pillman and his partner, Griff Garrison. Um, but I do think now this could lead to a Pillman push. More than likely. Do you think it's time for that? Uh, sure. I mean, it's time to see some of these uh, AEW slash indie guys getting pushes because right now it just seems like if you're not elite or you're not WWE, you're not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right now, there's really no... I think the only indie guy there right now that's getting a super push is... Darby's kind of, you know... It's Darby, yeah. Yeah, Darby's kind of on and off right now. Who you can um, call homegrown at the moment. Yeah, so... I guess between... Aside from Darby, there's really not many. Because, you know, the Bucks are still doing the Bucks thing. Kenny's the world champ. Miro's the TNT champ. Cody's not there, but, you know, he's he's doing his thing when he is there. Christian is the TNA champ or the Impact champ, whichever title it is that didn't get retired. Um, Moxley <laughs> has another title now. So it's nice to see these other people getting utilized and getting their moments to shine and whatnot. Yeah, and then, I think... It- I don't know. I think you're I think you're right because outside of Darby, outside of MJF, they don't have a lot of in-house that's to the level of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're elite or ex WWE. So I would hope that leaving this whole Chris Jericho thing behind, um, Pillman does finally get a push with MJF. Um, the, the, the thing about it is though, I would really want 
Pillman to be involved in something where he could win. And I don't think he's beating MJF, which is no, I don't. I don't think so either. But as long as as long as he looks good in the process, I don't really think he needs to. Because I think at this point, MJF needs a win more than more than a uh, Pillman Jr. does. Yeah, somehow MJF can beat Chris Jericho three times, lose once, and now would feel like he's kind of he back where he started. Yeah, because. If that was the case, you should have just stopped it at uh, when when he was up two nothing. Yeah, yeah. You, you should. You did all that. You didn't need to do the five labors. You didn't need to do all the extra stuff. It was for nothing. I mean, we we ranted about this last week, but it it serves its purpose. We can do it again, but it it's not really going to matter because we said all we can say. It it yeah. did nothing. Nobody benefited. And now Jericho's going to be gone anyway when he's on tour. Yeah, it put, every, it put everyone where they started in the beginning of this. Um, and it ultimately brought the pinnacle and the inner circle back to square one. Yeah. It's very corny. Nobody, nobody, nobody went any, any more further ahead and nobody went any farther back. They, they jumped ahead and then they jumped right back to where they were in the beginning. They're not any, anywhere farther or behind. They're in the same spot they were. So I hope they come up with some happy medium or some kind of consolation prize or something. It's starting to feel like we need a workhorse title because I'm starting to feel like the TNT title is not the workhorse title. Um, it's starting to feel like the TNT title is for the best character and not necessarily the best, like, worker um so, so you, we should maybe we should implement i mean and i mean tony khan has talked about implementing more titles but i think a trio's title is needed but you really need something for these homegrown guys to hold on to to feel like they're worth something so they don't have to be in a certain category to obtain the same status as everyone else so right now would you say that the TNT title, since you said it's not the workhorse title, would you say the TNT title is like the intercontinental title right now in this current moment? Yes, absolutely. Because now in WWE, it kind of looks like it's flipped. It looks like before it was like the U.S. went to the best character and the IC went to the workhorse. Yes. Now it's looking like the IC goes to the best character and the U.S. goes to the workhorse. That's what it seems like. That's what it that's what it seems like. It seems like the best character has the TNT title, but there needs to be something for um there needs to be something for the jungle boys and um something for the pillmans, something for the guys that are just outworking everybody else in the room. That Honestly, don't necessarily have the best character. I would I would say this. You can't go the IC route because that's a WWE thing. I wouldn't right. go the US route because that's like you a WWE. have the New Japan title, so I wouldn't use yeah. that. So I was going to say, because that's WWE, New Japan, whatnot. Right. I mean, if I could piggyback off of New Japan a little bit, why not do an open weight title? Yes. That, that it, actually it, sounds amazing. The open weight titles. 
seems like the best option because you're not relegating it to just the little guys. It can be, you can have Jungle Boy win it. You can have Will Hobbs win it. It can be anybody anywhere in between. The only catch is you can't have a female win it, but you got female, you got a female title for that anyway. Yeah. So I, I think the open weight title for AEW would probably be the best option in this, in this case. Yeah. I feel like that would do wonders. Um, I feel like that's that's probably what we need to solidify some of these guys because we got to start. And for the love of God, don't make it a 24-7 rule title. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, that's where the FTW title should come in and play. Yeah, pretty much. But, um, yeah, I think an openly title would really do some justice to some of these homegrown guys that don't get enough spotlight. Uh-huh. Um, which, to be fair, I guess is partly on us for hyping up all the new guys to come in, but it's also partly on them for not pushing the guys that have good heat uh, behind them up to the status that they probably could be. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, But moving on, Uh why don't you tell us, speaking of guys that probably aren't used the way uh, or pushed to the level they should be pushed at, um, let's talk about Rampage. Yeah, um, Rampage this week was actually pretty good. I'm, I say actually like it was like it's normally a bad show. Right. But it was a good show. They, it was more, what's, how should I say this? If I can talk about SmackDown for just 10 <laughs> seconds, SmackDown was like three matches and 37 backstage segments. Mm. This show was about three matches and two segments, but the three matches were matches. Like, it was hot out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, so they kicked it off with the main event, which I didn't expect. Yeah, they've they kicked- been doing – we got to talk about that eventually. They've been doing that the past three Rampages. I don't but, know what the concept of starting out with the biggest segment is with them. Is there a theory behind that? I, I have a theory. I have a theory on why they did it this week. Just, just this week in general. But I have a reason. I have a theory on why they did it. So they kicked it off with Pac versus Andrade. And this was a fucking pay-per-view quality match. Mm. This match was good. It was good right out the gate. Didn't go super long. You didn't feel tired during the match. Uh, it was a good... Um, people kind of say WWE tells a story in the ring better than AEW does. But this was a good storytelling match because Andrade is, I guess, kind of used to that style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So this was a good storytelling match. They had they had a decent match. Uh, some trickery was used as usual and expected. Andrade comes out on top thanks to uh, the interference by Chavo. But then Chavo winds up getting jumped by Andrade and gets kicked out of uh, Andrade's, I guess, team or whatever. Circle, yeah. Um, And a lot of people are speculating, saying that since he kicked Andrade out, this is where they're going to bring Rick in. Oh, Flair's going to be the new mentor. Yeah, they're saying Flair's going to jump to AEW and be with Andrade. Hmm. Because apparently right now, according to Charlotte and 
everything else that, you know, the rumor mills are saying right now, the number one thing Rick wants to do in wrestling surprisingly is not be with his daughter. He wants to be with his son-in-law. Yeah. Be with Andrade. Which I can't lie is, is kind of endearing. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no bigger sign that Ric Flair has fully accepted you as his son. Um, than wanting to work with you purely on the independence. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty decent. And for for how Andrade wants to be, I mean, for the level that Andrade carries himself at, and I would imagine he wants himself to be at, um, there's no better guy to have uh, to have your back than Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. There's no bigger like rub, like all these other guys, like they got Tully, they got Arn, they got Sting, but to have Ric Flair, who you're also, you know, um, technically family with now to accompany you ringside is a bigger rub than Chavo Guerrero, I'm, I will say. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Chavo because, you know, we were excited to see Chavo come back and I'm now. upset about that, but you know what? I'm not too upset about it. Like, uh, I'd yeah. love to see Chavo come back because I felt like Vicky was good for Andrade, but Chavo was better. But yeah. Rick is like the pinnacle of what you would want. In yeah. Team. I mean, like I said, Chavo, Vicky and Chavo were not bad options as managers. Both are good managers, but Rick is definitely better. You you got to go with Rick. And it's, it's weird because normally when people are either getting married or married. Yes. And the in-laws are not normally your best friends. You and the in-laws are kind of just, you know, cordial. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But if you see like the, the videos of Rick and Andrade together, like on. They have fun, man. They look like two kids in a damn candy shop. Yeah. They love each other. You normally don't, you you normally don't see a 30 something year old son-in-law and the 70 close to 80 year old father-in-law. Right bonding like two kids right but it works i mean they 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 love being around each other and they feed off of it well yeah so it's gonna be weird seeing rick and aw but i'm with it yeah yeah and maybe even though i've never seen it and i still totally doubt it's gonna happen with this gimmick um but uh, there is a Guerrero coming back into wrestling. That's a technical Guerrero. Then maybe Chavo can accompany to try to up his worth. Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. Listen, if you can if you can manage someone you're not related to that has no ties to the Guerrero family. Don't you, you can, fucking you, dare. You can you can go and manage your your uh, uh, nephew-in-law is that? Don't you dare! Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's the right way to say it, but no. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, you don't want to see Chavo with with uh, what, what the fuck is this gimmick? Now? For for those of you who don't know, um, Stevie is under the impression that Chavo Guerrero should go manage his nephew-in-law, Aiden English. Yes, Aiden English. Uh, which I don't, he's not going by that now, though, is he? He's not, but then again, who knows what he's going by? Who cares what he's going by? I can't remember what he's going by. The drama, no, no one cares about the drama king. 
the drama king. The drama king. Yes. So, listener, uh, listeners. Which, mind you, is a, it's a ridiculous gimmick in the first So, I'm, I just want to talk to the listeners real I quick. I don't know why they... Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. By a show of hands, raise your hand if you would enjoy seeing Chavo Guerrero manage Aiden English. Well, look at that. Nobody's raising their hands, Stevie. <laughs> I just think it's the logical thing, right? I mean, help the little guy out. He sucks. Like, like, no. I'd rather see Chavo manage Simon Gotch. Ow. That hurts. Even though Simon Gotch probably was doing better. He was in Contra, at least. That's the thing about Aiden English. He's got no edge to him. Like, he hasn't had an edge. Had Aiden. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. I, had, I don't want to talk about him. Had Aiden <laughs> had had Aiden had any kind of like edge to him, he'd be so much better off. Um, but is the drama king is such a dry character. It's like it's like um, it's like Damien Sandow. Like he was funny when he was with the Miz, but Damian Sandow was Damian Sandow. Sucks. Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is with Aiden English. There's the the character is just so terrible that it doesn't matter. Like you would have to be like Aiden English was only good with Rusev because Rusev was good as Rusev. And you were good with him because you were playing off of Rusev. But you as a character alone sucks. You guys can't see right now, but I'm wagging my finger. Just like, like Damian Sandow sucked as a character. God, with, like, like he's, he was amazing. Absolutely right. But as a character alone, he was terrible. That's, that's what Aiden English is. And that's why I think he needs somebody like Chavo. Because you got to get past this whole drama king thing. You need, or at least, you need somebody you can play off that will make you a better you. But there's a difference. You see, we didn't care about Sandow going with the Miz because we didn't like Sandow or Miz. Yeah. We actually like Chavo. <laughs> So we not gonna relegate Chavo to go down and help the drama queen out of the bottom of the trash can that he's in. We gonna leave him in that trash can, and we gonna throw our fast food wrappers on top of it. And, and this is the sad thing for me um, because he came back partnering with Diana Perrazzo, who's like one of the staples of the women's division in today's age. Um, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, it didn't feel like there was any kind of like, cause even she couldn't save him. Yeah. Even she couldn't do it for him. Like even coming out with like one of the best in the women's division today was still kind of like, eh. Eh. Nah. <laughs> you know, like you just, yeah, you didn't really care. You didn't really care. Better call Saul. He didn't really care. 
You better call Saul. Somebody that can, first of all, it was, it's his fault for coming back as the drama king. No one enjoyed the drama king character. He thought he was Jimmy Jacobs. He thought he was Jimmy Jacobs. No, but the zombie princess is a great character. Yeah. And Jimmy Jacobs actually knows how to talk. Right. Yeah. Everything about it just seems terrible. And I just feel like maybe Chavo can help him. I don't know. Uh, I digress, though. Um, that's not TNA news. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. So, but Rick is Rick is possibly ending up with Andrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and in closing AEW news, um, who is in the new AEW title picture? Uh, Daniel Bryan has jumped straight to the top of the AEW title picture, I guess. Yeah, and the, uh, the American Dragon. And honestly, I say no. No? I say no. No. I say no because no. I'm I'm tired of seeing WWE guys leave, come to AEW, and get the rocket ship strapped right to their fucking back and shoot to the top. Interesting. I want to. I exa- I. I want to see them work a little bit before I throw them into that world title picture. Like Christian coming over, and what was he here for? A month, two months, and then he's shot up to the world title picture. Moxley was there for what? You know, a hot second and got the world title. Jericho was the first one to get the world title. Now DB's there and he's in the front of the line for the world title. I kind of want to just, I want them to mix it up. Like, damn, give me some variety. I don't like the same flavor ice cream. You can mix it up every now and then. Mm-hmm. That's just okay. my opinion on it. I hear what you're saying. Um, okay. I mean, I like this Daniel Bryan. I, I can't lie to you. Um, but I get your point. But this this reverts back to the issue of they have to make oh um, this reverts back to the issue that they have to they have to make more main eventers. If you don't have anybody within AEW that's a an AEW original that's here from the beginning that's from nowhere else but the Indies, and you can't bring them to a level where their main event material then you have to keep bringing in these new guys to fill your main eventer slot. I was going to say right now. So is it it the fact that what I'm saying is, so is it the fact that they keep bringing in guys to fill the main event picture or is it that they just don't have the star power to put somebody up against Kenny? That's going to seem like they matter. If their booking was done the right way, then they would have the people to put up against Kenny. You could use a Darby. You could use an MJF. If you storyline wrote it the right way, you would have the guys. And then you would have the WWE guys to come in, work before they go to the top. Because you handing out these number one contender spots and these, you know, top guy spots to every WWE guy that comes in, it kind of feels like a certain company from the 90s. Yeah, it feels very WCW. Yeah. yeah, so if you don't want to make the same mistakes as WCW, 
that's what they did. They gave top spots to every WWE guy that came over. Nash, Hall, Hogan, prime example. Brett, DDP. Well, DDP didn't jump over, but you get what I'm saying. You can't give them to every WWE guy that comes over. You gotta, you gotta mix it up a little bit somewhere. Uh, absolutely. Um, breaking news. Breaking news. Okay, what's the breaking news? <laughs> so, upon the death of NXT as we know it, um, as if things weren't already about to get um, ridiculous enough, we're going to have a new NXT champion soon. Shut the uh, fuck up. Breaking news. Due to injury, Samoa Joe has relinquished the WWE NXT Championship. On. Coincidentally, on the week of the rebrand. So now they get themselves out of how do we get old ass Joe out of the title picture? Conveniently, that's not an issue anymore. For him. What, what and we don't get a good Samoa Joe run. So did they disclose the injury? Uh, no, I have I have Mrs. Jobber read into the article. If if there's no disclosed injury, if they're saying it's an undisclosed injury, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> I could totally see how you would feel that way. Ah, Lord, 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 Lord. Yeah. Oh, this is this is gonna make my rant a lot better. Uh oh. <laughs> this is gonna make my rant so much more fun. Oh, he did a he did an interview. Oh man. Oh, he uploaded a video about it. All right. Well, I guess. The, okay. We'll 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 let the interview play. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Let's let's hear it. Hello, I'm NXT Champion Samoa Joe. Part of my recent return, my goals were very simple. I sought to ensure the respect and integrity due to both NXT and its championship. I sought to ensure that everybody understood that the needs of one individual never outstrip the sum of the brand. Today, I find myself having to stand on those principles. Recently, WWE Medical has informed me that due to certain injuries, they would like to have me step away from the ring for a brief... Oh, bullshit. amount of time. Okay. No. We are on the cusp of a new NXT. We are on the brink of a new era in our history. And I realize that that era deserves the fighting champion. That's why it makes this very difficult decision very easy to make. Effective immediately, I relinquish the NXT championship. Best of luck to those who will vie for it. My sincerest condolences to whoever wins. So I will be along shortly to recollect what's right. No, it's bullshit. 
Complete, complete, complete <sighs> bullshit. <sighs> that was the most half-assed interview explanation. <sighs> what was the injury? It wasn't the concussions. Uh, for certain medical reasons. All right, well, what's the reasons? They wanted... The, the, they sought into. He didn't, he didn't even tell you what it was. He just said for certain medical things that the staff... Because for every out. other injury, they can disclose what the injury was. When it, for Nia Jack? A legendary man once said to me, uh, this, this is bovine excrement. This is bull crap. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Too. He laughed. Um, yeah, this is corny. This is bullshit. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, wow, man! Like, all right. I already don't shows like you the respect they had for Samoa Joe and the respect they had for Triple H to maintain at least the people he had holding the belts. I already don't like NXT. They couldn't even keep the man there. They said, I "Nope, I got rid of him. You brought him back. He ain't my champ." You relinquishing that belt. We'll say it's for injury reasons. If that's really what happened, if that if that is the case and that is really what happened, fuck Vince. Plain and simple. Like, did you, you hear got, the particular wording he used? You got a problem with what I said just now? You can at me at it. You can quote me on it. Write it in a book. Take a picture of it. I don't give a fuck. If that's really the case, and he's not injured, and you just wanted to take the belt off of him for that, fuck you. Wow. That's wow. all I got to say. That's why I love being unedited and unfiltered, because I can say whatever the hell I want. It's crazy, man. Uh, so as it stands right now, NXT, good luck. You going to need it. Vince, you ain't got a damn clue what you're doing right now if you took that belt off of Joe for nothing. Stupid. Go Stupid. put it on. Go put it on fucking... Parker Bordeaux and Rex and yep. whoever the fuck you want. I'm, yeah, I'm done. I'm about to win that belt in a week. Watch. A a NXT will probably no longer be on our radar anymore. <laughs> they make the show so hard to watch. They, they make everything so hard to watch now. All right. So while we're at it, let's just go ahead and jump into... Let's jump into WWE. Um, oh, oh, speaking of which, oh, this makes it so much better. Okay. So remember when I said after we get past the AEW news, I'm going to tell you what Mick Foley said. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me what Mick Foley said. So, um, wow, this this is just this this just makes this point even better. Um, so, hardcore legend Mick Foley. Uh, a matter of fact, I'll play that one for you too. Hello, this is hardcore legend Mick Foley. Like to title this video WWE, we've got a problem because I think you do. And that problem is that WWE is no longer the place for talent to aspire to. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, building other talent, creating storylines. But part of it is a problem of your own making. I think younger talent sees the way that developmental characters are cut or left by the wayside or in the case of carrying cross greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster it's not broke don't fix it 
if I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me uh, back in the day. That was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be uh, with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. Absolutely. He hit, he, he just hit the fucking nail on the head. He just, <laughs> he, he just hit the nail on the head with that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. He, he said no lie in any word that came out of his mouth just now for that, for that minute and a half or those, that minute and some change, whatever it was, he spoke nothing but facts. None of, none of that was opinion. That was all 100% fact. I mean, what are we to do? Why are you being weird? Why are you being weird to me, Vince? What did I do to deserve this? I mean, come on, man. Come on, Vince, man. He, he does it to him. Like, WWE is doing it to themselves right now. And he, he said it perfectly. If, if, I'm a, if I'm a talent and I got that decision to make between WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, if, if I got all these other options in front of me, like, if I have five contracts on the table from the five biggest companies in the world, I don't know that I signed the WWE contract. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I signed the WWE contract. I know I'm glancing at that AEW one. I'm glancing at that New Japan one. Mm-hmm. I'll give the Impact one, you know, a quick glance and a look over. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, as far as it, and I'll give the NWA one a glance. I don't know that I look at the WWE one because as it stands, I'm going to NXT, right? You got to develop me. You got to do this. You got to do that. I don't trust my development in the hands of Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard and Nick Khan. And Nick Khan, consider, especially. Yeah. And you got to consider now that if you're, if you're, if you're um, getting into the wrestling industry, you have to consider one very big thing that is um, if you are getting into the wrestling industry and you decide to go somewhere else, NXT now is no longer an option for you. Yes. Yeah, because if you go somewhere else and do well, they're not taking you. And and I know for the fa- for a fact, like if I was literally, if I had the contracts in front of me, I fit the, I like not to say I'm going to WWE or I should, but by if we're going off of the WWE standards, technically I fit the mold. I'm over six foot. I'm under thirty. I have no prior wrestling experience in any other companies. So right. And I don't even know if I sign that contract. I might go take a look at the AEW or the TNA or the New Japan mm-hmm. because I don't trust their creative at the moment. I don't trust their training at the moment. I don't really trust anything they're doing at the moment. The last thing I trusted them with that they did was make Bobby the WWE champ. That was it. And they're not even doing that too well anyway. Yeah. Like, you gave us Bobby, okay, but are you doing anything good with it? No. And the carry and cross thing, I think that comes down to straight money because you got to make him marketable. Before, it was just a guy in a trench coat. Yeah. Now you got a demolition guy. You can make action figures out of him. You can make cool merch out of him. You can sell his mask. You can sell a shirt with the mask on it. It looks mm-hmm. sweet, sure, but 
he's not cross no more. We you killed Karrion Cross the day you put him on the main roster with that gear. Yeah, you're 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 reverting everyone back to the 80s. Which makes no sense to me. If you're if you're gonna groom everybody to go back to the 80s and try to pass it off as off to us who have already gone through the attitude era as um good stuff or good shit like or or entertaining then you're 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 screwing yourself you're shooting yourself in the foot you're literally taking steps backwards to go forward and it makes no sense after going through the 90s um after the age of the internet where we can see right through everything if you think you're about to feed us characters again and gimmicks you're out of your mind mm-hmm so I, I I don't know I don't know I feel like you intentionally sabotage carrying cross because Triple H finally fit the formula of the guy you wanted and you wanted to really stick it to Hunter before you took at, uh, over NXT so you took his top guy made him lose and then stuck him with this corny demolition gimmick to make it seem like once again Triple H couldn't make it work when all you do is sabotage his guys. Let, let, let's take a look at Hunter's three top guys for just a quick second, right? Cross, Joe, mm-hmm. Cole. Yep. You watered down Cross. Yep. You made him in the shit. You made Adam Cole get to the point where he didn't want to be here. And you were going to make him a manager. You let him slip through your hands. And you just took the belt off Samoa Joe bullshit. <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta th- really think about this. Like, ne- need I say more? There hasn't been a, a a well a well mixed blend of Triple H and Shawn Michael since Seth Rollins. And Adam Cole was like the epitome of was it? what that hybrid would look like. Yes. And you were about to make him a manager. What? And the closest and the closest feud that you guys had to Sean and Triple H was Kyle and Adam. And now Adam's not here. Yep. And Tommaso's not staying. And he can't. I wouldn't stay. Pete can't be staying. Pete knows he don't fit the bar. Unreal. It's it's just unreal. They now. just they just kicked out two guys that were in a perfectly functioning faction because they were small. I I guarantee you because it's not like creative has anything for them, especially now that uh, Bruce Pritchard and Vince are going to be running the show. I just I don't I just I just it's going to be a rough week. Um, is what I'm saying. I got <laughs> it's just yeah just um oh boy oh boy so. Speaking of roughness, uh, Bobby and Randy were slated for Extreme Rules for the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess, in an attempt to compete with AEW, they're moving that to tonight on Raw. Well, it's it's tonight as this is out, but yeah, they're yeah. moving that to Monday Night Raw. Um. I, th- I think they're going to try to pull a swindle on this one. I think they're still going to have the match. It's going to be 
still for the WWE title, but it's going to end in DQ. It's going to end with some fuckery, and then they're still going to push this match at Extreme Rules. Uh, I mean, Vince is the king of false finishes. Yeah. And I do believe that's probably why they did this, because Mm -hmm. now that the Wednesday night... Uh, not even war. I guess the Wednesday night conquering is over. Um, <laughs> and the A show is SmackDown. The natural thing that they're doing now is comparing the Rampage and Dynamite ratings to Monday Night Raw, and they mm-hmm. started to beat Monday Night Raw's ratings. So now they have to somehow make Monday Night Monday Night Raw um viewership go up. Yeah. So, so they're putting these like main event matches on Raw, but I truly believe they're just going to be more false finish fuck ups, which is not going to help them. Just no. like just like moving Finn Balor versus Roman to SmackDown, I didn't even tune in to watch. You know why? Because I knew how it was going to end. Like, <laughs> well, no, this isn't the nineties. No, I think it's say anything that... can happen now. But I and I and I I I I do believe that they were planning on the demon, but I still don't believe that's why they moved it up. Did they? Is it official that they moved it up? That they moved? Uh, no, I'm talking about um um, Finn versus Roman. Yeah, is it official that they moved that up to SmackDown? Yeah, they had. Remember, they had the match and then they fucked it up and then the heartbeat happened. And then oh no, because they're they're they're, they're still slated for extreme rules. That's yeah, why I was yeah, asking. Yeah, they were initially they were gonna do extreme rules, and then Finn said he wanted to move it up to SmackDown, so they had their match on SmackDown for the title, but there was fuckery, and then the heartbeat came, and now um it's gonna be the demon versus Roman. So they're still doing the match. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. They're doing. They're probably gonna do the same thing. Yeah, they're going to fucking make the demon job out the Roman. And they're probably doing the same thing with this whole bit with Bobby versus Randy. They're probably going to pull some fuckery, and then they're going to have it again at uh, Extreme Rules for ratings. But if we all know that you're still probably going to end up doing this later and you're just screwing us, then what is the point? Mm -hmm. This isn't the 90s where anything can happen anymore. We know how you work. We know you never give us what we want, so why would we expect anything less? Yeah. We're not going to tune in to see Randy lose to have the actual match at Extreme Rules. And he's probably not going to win there either. Like, like probably I don't know not. what you want from us. Unless More- you're announcing the draft at the end of Extreme, after the week after Extreme Rules, then maybe there's some up-in-the-air things about how titles are going to go. But until then... I'm not believing any of this crap you're feeding me. Nope, not at all. So, I mean, tune in tonight and see what happens, but my hopes aren't very high about it. Hopefully they have a really good match. Yeah, because Raw needs it in the worst way. Um, But since we touched on the Demon returning, uh, I wanted to talk about something else on SmackDown that kind of has me bugging. Um, so this past Friday, they had their MSG show, their Madison Square Garden show, the day before September 11th, 
the day before 9-11, one of the, if not the biggest tragedy in, you know, U.S. American history. And it's in New York, the day before 9-11, and you managed to take off Liv Morgan, who is from around that New York area. Right, she's in the tri-state. She's Jersey. Carmelo, who's from Massachusetts, but also again trained around that trained trained around that tri-state area, lives in that tri-state area. Um, and Zelina Vega from Queens, New York, and whose father died in the World Trade Center on 9-11. So you're in New York, number one, the day before 9-11, the, the, the day before the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And you keep three people from that area off of TV, one of them who just happened to be the daughter of somebody who died in that building. My question is, who the fuck came up with that idea? Because if you put them three in the ring, that is the biggest pop you're going to get the entire night. That is the biggest pop. You're going to get the biggest pop in the arena. You're going to get the biggest pop from fans at home. Twitter's going to go crazy. It makes no logical sense. But you can have 37 backstage segments, and you can have a dumbass 10-man tag that nobody asked for, but they get cut for time for a regular two uh, for a regular two-on-two tag match. You couldn't scrum together five minutes for them to be in a tag team match and one of the most important shows of the year in your 37 backstage segments and your dumb, ridiculous 10-man tag. That shouldn't have happened. I was at the point you could have asked the whole 10-man tag team match, and I would have been happy with just having those four in the ring because those four, I think, would have had a better match than the 10-man tag. I don't understand. I don't understand their logic. I don't understand it at all at all. Because that would have been the biggest pop of the night. Especially when we're already saying your women's division is not the greatest. You do not showcase them enough. Right. You don't lose in the situation of putting them on TV. Like where where's the loss there? Um, so Twitter ate them up. Um, Zelina had an amazing outfit prepared. Um, the girls on Twitter were obviously very unhappy about it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And they weren't like the entire, uh, an entire fleet of women's wrestlers went to Twitter to talk about it. Um, it just didn't, it just, like you said, it just, it just didn't make sense. You didn't feature her on the show. Um, you ran the 9-11 promo packages and all those things and then neglected to have the closest people to the situation anywhere on the show at all. Thank you. Um, it's just is just disingenuous. Um, I feel like they should have surrounded 
they should have had the show around uh, somewhat centered around their segment, if anything. And um, even if- or even had Zelina talk, like have her involved in some sort of way, if nobody else. Honestly, and, if you, I don't go know. ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish it. Go ahead. And and instead, they just decided to cut her completely. And I feel like there should have been somebody back there to say something. Like even if even if you didn't book the show right, even if even if um, you didn't center the show around her, even if you didn't have. Um, a majority of spotlight dedicated to her for the show. Mm-hmm. There should have been somebody back there to point out when you guys were putting this together that she's a very important part of the show. Like, even if we're not focusing on her, she's the most important person that needs to be on the card. Honestly, I'll I'll say even I agree with you. Even if even if you don't put her on the show, still do something. Like even if you don't give her a match, give her something. So let's just say like they were running those those nine eleven vignettes the entire night. Right. They they ran one to open the show. I would have ran something different to start out the show. Like I still it still would have been nine eleven based, but. Have her have it be Vince. You know, Vince is the owner, the CEO. Put Steph in there because Steph is the daughter, of course. And then throw in people who who actually can speak on that experience. Put Zelina in there because her dad died in the towers. Put Montez in there because Montez is a former Marine. Mm. Put people that can actually relate to what happened that day. Mm. I was gonna say you put some like put somebody else from New York in there to talk about it. They might not have had somebody who passed in the tower, but they can still talk about the, the events to their city. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure you can put, you could have put, um, um, even if you don't want to put people that are, even if you want to put people that aren't on SmackDown, but still have like some type of experience like that. Mustafa, Mustafa is a former cop in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's people you can use. And the fact that they didn't, I don't, I don't understand. I thought, I thought it would have been a perfect time for you to put them on TV. Yeah, it made no sense to leave them off TV for a damn ten man tag and thirty seven backstage segments with Paul Heyman and fucking Shotzi Blackheart on the tank and fucking Big E gyrating with the damn briefcase, even though he's not doing nothing with the damn briefcase. Yeah, it just, I, I honestly would have had her second to last, even though maybe that's what happened. Because they do say that if you're second to last, um, you're more you're more at risk of being cut. But I would have made it a point, like if you if you had her second to last and kind of built up to that match, uh-huh. even in a small way, just to do some kind of justice like i don't i just i don't understand like it 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 just didn't make sense to me that's the one match that you probably could have opened up the show with that yeah you you definitely could have opened up the show with that 
Like, you could have had the Brock segment. You could have had the Brock, Roman, and Paul thing. And then you you didn't need that to go as long as it went. So you could have, you could have cut two minutes off of that. And then you could have cut one of the backstage segments because Caleb Braxton was following Paul Heyman around like a like white on rice. Mm-hmm. You could have cut one of those segments. You didn't need to put Shotzi and Tegan on TV that day because all they're doing is just nothing backstage yeah they're just so you, you could you could have just axed them completely shaves a minute right there you could have just you could have took the 10 man tag took two minutes off of that you could have took the edge and uh seth match took like four minutes off of that and then boom you you got a decent amount of time for a match you don't even have to show them coming to the ring you could just start with two people in the ring and then cut to Zelina's entrance of Zelina coming to the ring. And then you could tell the fans her father died on 9-11. And then they have a five, six-minute slot, boom, where they can have a match. Like, is it going to suck that it only went five, six minutes? Yeah, but they still on TV. And, and like, just because I feel like they're going to, because it would be even more disrespectful not to, don't expect us to just suddenly be okay with it if you give her a spotlight this week no yeah i'm not because you should have did it that doesn't this cover was... it up that just means you heard the backlash and you decided to do something about it yeah that's literally what it's gonna be i'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that 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 tag team match that didn't happen last week i'm willing to bet anything that it's gonna happen this week and if it's not a tag team match it's a one-on-one match or a backstage brawl between the four of them Mm -hmm. i don't know man like just major like i don't know this this is the dumb shit i'm talking about with wwe and their creative when i say their creative is shit and they book themselves in the corners and they shoot themselves in the foot this was a this was a shot to the foot they fucked themselves this week and there's just no other way around it they shot themselves in the foot this week do you, you had, think it? Do you think it would be better if they did sell the company? At this rate, it'd be better if Nick Khan. Because I, I feel like it, I feel it, like it'd be, it'd be better took it over would like note that. I feel like even if somebody that knew nothing about wrestling was kind of overseeing things, and they would they would go, "Hey, was there anybody involved?" with the people that died in 9-11? Can we make sure they get a spot on the show? Like, it just yeah. seems like the... <laughs> I, I don't know. You, you would think, know. you would think that for a major event like that, you would try to highlight people that... Common knowledge. Right? ...were either affected by it or were involved in some way, shape, or form around it. Like Montez being in being in the Marines at that time. Okay, we have something for Montez right. and Angelo. for you, like... Can we put you somewhere in the show? Like Zelina, you know? Zelina's father passed away in the in the World Trade Center. Let's get her on the show because we can have a moment with her. And it's the right. 20th anniversary, for God's sake. I don't know. It's common sense, and they don't use the common sense sometimes. I say sometimes. They, they don't use it majority of the majority time. Majority of the time, yeah. Um... But that's my rant, bro. It, this was just a real fuck up on their end. 
the fact that they didn't do it blew my mind and I, I was I was amazed. I was I was amazed and not in a good way. They they really screwed it up right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but with that being said, that is our rundown for this week, I believe. Um, Mr. Stevie Jobber, you got anything you wanna say? Anybody you wanna sh- um shout out? Oh no, we could, we still got one more thing. Let's talk about Oh, what is that? Uh, let's talk about Brock and Roman. Oh, I thought we already touched on that. No, we talked about Finn and Roman, um, not Brock. All right, well, well, let's bring on Brock and Roman. Come on. Let's bring it on. Um, so aside, while they're fiddling around with the, the Finn Balor stuff and they ended SmackDown with the Demon coming out, which to me was kind of corny because you could have saved him for Extreme Rules. Um, before this, Brock had came out um, as promised to confront Roman. Looking in the best shape of his life, by the way. Yeah, this is a great looking Brock Lesnar. I mean, the man looks good. I mean, Pat McAfee said it best. That looks like Brock Lesnar ate Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. How I would describe it. Um, just a beast of a man. Um, very intimidating. Looked like the guy to take the belt off of Roman. Um, the jury's out on whether it'll happen, but certainly a possibility looking like that. Um, Brock came out and Paul tried to politic with him and ask him like, uh, of all the titles that they could go after, which very interesting wording. They could go after. They, they, Paul, there's a they. Okay. Interesting. Um, after just, you know, kind of running the line on whether you're with Brock or, you know, anything. You just kind of run the line on that all week. And now it's it's all after, uh, of all the titles we could go after, why the Universal? It kind of makes it sound like you were already on his side. Um, he says, why, why, why the Universal title? There's all these other titles we could go after. You don't have to do this. And Brock kind of shuts him up, covers the mic and says, hey, Paul, why don't, why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be, uh, I was going to be at the pay-per-view? Did I do <laughs> that? Um, um, and Roman, Roman looked at him and uh, took his title back. Give me my title. What's wrong with you? Get off, get off my shit. Uh, and he, Withholding he kinda, information. Yeah, he kind of left him to rot. And uh, Paul, in you know, weasel mode, uh, kind of decided, well, I, I guess I'm back with Brock. <laughs> and he starts to do the whole my name is Paul Heyman thing. Um, and Brock loved it. Brock was like, yeah, you know, just like old times. Yo, I gotta say something. I kind of don't want Paul to go back with Brock. Well, you don't have to worry about that because. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, like, I'm, I, I don't want to spoil oh, it. Oh, you want Brock on his own? Yeah, because this past week, 
this was the most words I've heard Brock Lesnar say in a long time. Yeah, and not cringe about it either. Yeah, like it was funny. Brock actually yeah. made me laugh. Yeah, he looked pretty good up there. Um, but he goes, yeah, that felt great, just like old times. And then he goes, hey, Paul, um, before Roman fires you, accept my challenge. What challenge? <laughs> said, what, what challenge? What, what challenge, Brock? What, what challenge? <laughs> he goes, to fight me for the Universal Championship. You have five seconds, Paul. And technically, he only had three seconds. It's, yeah, technically, he only had three. He starts counting down, and at, at two, he just picks him up uh, for the F5, but Roman saves his ass. Um, and the Usos get kind of demolished in the... in the... Uh, in the, uh, the aftermath of it all. Mm-hmm. And then later, he says... Um, Hey, Paul, because you normally you would think this is where they end the show, but they didn't. Um, later in the show, he's like, hey, Paul, I saved you. Why didn't you tell me Rome, uh, Brock was coming? And Paul had nothing to say. Um, I don't really understand where this is going. Yeah, like why? Like what would be the reason to not tell him? Right, like unless you were actually going to go back with Brock, I don't know why you didn't just tell Roman. <laughs> seems like a cheap. very yeah. It seems like I didn't want to upset uh, you. I didn't want to upset you. Said. Yeah, I did. I didn't want to upset you. Uh, I didn't want you to think I was on his side. I think well, I think yeah, you're you on kinda, his side you more now. Shot yourself in the foot there, Paul. Yeah. Maybe you Paul, told him. But I, I, Paulie I, dangerous is not feeling so dangerous anymore. Yeah, he, he kind of shot himself in the foot there. I, so I don't know where this is leading to. I feel like they should have either had Paul be with Brock or Paul be like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, is he going to be in the doghouse now and still be with Roman? No, he's going to. Like. No, it, it's going to be a shark cage match and the winner gets Paul Heyman. <laughs> it's going to be a shark cage match. We're going to put Paul Heyman in a shark tank above the ring like we did Enzo. Oh dear. And the winner gets Paul Heyman. Oh dear. That would be funny though. But have you ever, if you ever wondered what it's like to see a walrus in a cage? Yeah. They would have to they would have to make the floor of the cage um solid so Paul didn't fall. But because <laughs> I feel like he could trap his foot and it'd be over. I'd be he looks so vulnerable. He looks so fragile. Um He's just but an I advocate. His reactions would be hilarious. He's just an advocate. Like every time somebody gets hit hard, <laughs> I could see Paul freaking out in the cage. <laughs> I could see Paul just laying down in the cage and just covering his eyes. Just I his don't want to look. Facial expressions are so priceless. And if Brock wins, Paul just gets down on his knees in the cage and covers his face like. <laughs> Brock opens the cage as it's lowered, and he's like, "Oh my God, Brock! Please no, Hi. Brock." Brock, please. <laughs> I'm ready him to be your advocate. Is just the funniest thing in the world, anyway. Between him begging and Big Show crying, I don't know what's what's more a <laughs> what, what's more of a funnier sight. Uh-uh. Uh, I still want to see where that whole Big Show and Gun Club thing is going. But yeah, that's the last thing we had to touch on this week. Um, 
they fucked up on the 9-11 thing. Uh, Mick Foley is right. Samoa Joe uh, got screwed again. And we had, we had two rants in one episode. Yeah, and it's just going to be a very rough week. But I, I, I told I told some people that I had a rant planned, and there it was. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this week they can they can make our spirits a little bit better with a with a decent week of wrestling. I and hope by so. decent and by a decent week of wrestling, I just mean decent from WWE because yeah, AEW is going to deliver. I mean, as it stands right now, AEW has been doing okay with the decent shows. So yeah, we'll we'll see what kind of bullshittery wwe comes through with this week god help us all uh but yeah let's jump into these shout outs real quick uh would you like to go first or should i uh you you usually go first we'll let you go first all right so i'll take the helm on this one uh first off we're gonna start off with ig we got uh reckless figs we got dita toy hunter fetch frequency Fellow podcaster Bobby Rassels over at All About Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you definitely should check them people out because they're always putting out dope content. You catch Bobby Rassels over on Spotify. You catch D, Fets, and Reckless on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there any other ones? Um, I think that's all. I think those are all my shout outs for this week. Um, so, with that being said, Stevie. It's over to you now, brother. All right. So uh, shout out to Good Cop, Bad Cop, as always. Um, shout out to Recharge Wrestling Podcast. Uh, shout out to our friends on Twitter, uh, GSW Pro, Global Syndicate Wrestling. And uh, shout out to Pod Nation. Oh, um, also. Oh, I have- oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. One more shout out. Um, shout out to... Doghouse Gaming, uh, up in Quakertown. That's my gaming place. Is letting me relive all of my uh, old school retro wrestling game fantasies. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, we can get all our old systems, all the old wrestling games, anything you've ever dreamed of having that you missed out on or want to play again. Uh, Doghouse Gaming is the place. Right on. Also, I forgot I had one more. Um, I was kind of keeping this secret from you, but I can kind of bring it out now. Remember I said I had something in the works that was involving uh, our podcast? Mm -hmm. Well, I got us some coasters made and some stickers now. And and I got to shout out the person who made them, Benny the Box Monster. They make all types of things like keychains, coasters, shirts, uh, home goods, candles, anything you can think of like that, they can make. And they hooked us up with a sweet deal, got us some coasters, got us some stickers, and we'll probably wind up getting some more stuff from them soon. So shout out Benny the Box Monster as well. Hey, awesome. I'll have to show you what the coasters look like when we get up, when we uh, stop this stream. Absolutely. Um, but that's it for uh, this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we have fun making it. Stay tuned next week because we're going to have another good one as well. And that's pretty much it. Have fun. Stay up. Stay blessed. As always, stay dangerous.
Saskatchewan.